0: You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. Merry Christmas to you. I'm not going to take a lot of your time because I remember when I was a kid going to Christmas Eve service, I was all into the music when that guy started talking. I was like, oh, come on, let's be done with this. So I won't take up all of your time. Uh, But I do want to talk to you a little bit about the Christmas story. And this past uh, Sunday, we got into the Christmas story in the way that we're used to hearing about it. That God loves you so much that he would send his son, not just to die for you, but to be born for you. And our focus on Sunday was like, when you look at all the gods of ancient Near Eastern religions, they were always treating people kind of like slaves. Like, sure, they would protect them. But it was just because these people would feed them through sacrifices, would build them houses as temples, things like this. So it was like this kind of give and take relationship. But none of the ancient Near Eastern gods would ever think about making themselves so small as to become the slave, become the human, and then live that kind of life to save these little ants that we are, right? But God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of gods, he goes that whole distance to take on the posture of a slave, take on the posture of humanity, and show us his love in that way. That's often what Christmas is about, partially because, you know, um, it, it, we, we try to preach our Christmas message based on our creasters, the people who go to church on Christmas and Easter, got to let them know who Jesus is and hope that they get saved by the end of it, Right? Uh, But I'm here to tell you more of the gospel than just that. Because if all the gospel is for you, is I've accepted Jesus so that when I die, I go to a supernatural place called heaven, that is a truncated gospel. And it truncates Christmas itself. Because Christmas, from the very get-go, is about a king. It's about a kingdom that's being installed on the earth that Isaiah prophesied long ago that one day there would come someone from the line of David and that guy was going to have on his shoulders the government. And I know politics are not fun right now. Uh, (laughs) People outside of the church are divided. People on the inside of the church are divided. And yet here the Christmas story comes along and says, politics, pay attention to this. And it does it in so many ways, sometimes even unintentionally. Like uh, we looked at this last year. In the Christmas story, you have abortion, right? You've got uh, um, all these kids being killed, a genocide to get rid of all the children. There's abortion there. In the Christmas story, you have refugees because Jesus has to flee to another land to take refuge there. So you've got refugees, immigration, abortion, all these hot topics that we have today. But then on top of all that you have Jesus coming in and usurping the world, <laughs> right? There's already a king in town. His name's Herod. And then these guys come to Herod and they're like, hey, uh, where's the king of the Jews? We're looking for a king, so we're checking with the king because that's where kings come from. And Herod's kind of surprised, like, what do you, what do you mean the king of the Jews? Who are you, you talking about? So he goes and he gets some smart people to come around and tell him who the king of the Jews is, figures out where they are, and then gets ready to have this Jesus person who's just been born, have him assassinated. You see this happen in medieval TV shows, movies, books, where when somebody uh, is born that's not in your line that you're afraid is going to take the throne from you or the rest of your family, your descendants, you go out to get them killed. That's exactly what Herod does. And it's not just Herod who does it. It's Satan as well. Because if you go to Revelation, what you see is this Christmas story is told uh, again. But instead of Herod going to kill Jesus when he's born in Revelation 12, I think, it's Satan, the dragon, going to kill Jesus when he's born. Really all throughout the the New Testament, if you pay really close attention to the way things are phrased, politics and uh, uh, demonic powers often overlap. There's spiritual powers There's political powers, and in this field, there are often a lot of, like, puppet strings going on between the two. Just as Satan enters into Lazarus to get Jesus hung on a cross, you see, again, Satan kind of setting up the political execution of Jesus. So politics, politics, politics! We don't want to talk about it, but it shows up, not just in the birth of Jesus, this king... But it shows up all throughout the gospel. I was told once that Jesus never spoke on politics. He was always quiet. But when you understand what his favorite theme was, the kingdom of heaven, you see that he never shuts up about it. <laughs> Everywhere he goes, he's saying, A new kingdom is here. And when you pray, every time you pray, pray like this Our Father who is in heaven, how be your name? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in Jackson heaven come to... Sorry. <laughs> On earth as it is in heaven, the line ahead of me was, in Jackson as it is in heaven. That's that's why I did that, right? Thanks for laughing at me, Debbie. Otherwise, I wouldn't have caught that. <laughs> but you see Jesus saying, like, heaven is already here. It's already now. And when you pay attention to the whole story he's saying, he's also saying, heaven isn't just this place we go when we die. Yeah, that does happen But that's like a temporary point between the very end. When Jesus comes to the earth, installs his entire kingdom on the earth, everything is made as perfect as it was meant to be. It's the grand reset button. And anyone who's on Jesus' side continues to live into that time. This is what Jesus was born preaching and it is dangerous to the politics of this world because it's not a message you want to hear that there's actually someone else who's in charge of everything and the things that he sets up are the ways in which we are to live and that's not always easy i I think even here at our church some of the things that we've done haven't always been easy. We switched over to dinner church about a year and a half ago, and we didn't do that because we thought, hey, let's add an hour and a half to our service, change the time. This will be easier for everyone. By the way, you all need to volunteer now or this won't work. No, that wasn't going through our minds. What was going through our minds is Jesus is king. And how can he use us to reach our neighborhood? How can he use us to feed the poor like he told us we were to do? How can he use us to build relationships? Well, I guess if we worked with food, and I guess if we took a note from Jesus' book, who constantly ate with people so much that the Pharisees were like, you're a drunkard, aren't you, right? Uh, No, I just like to eat with people. I don't know what you're talking about. If we took a page from Jesus' book, then maybe one of the ways in which we can follow Jesus' as king and install heaven here in Jackson is to walk with him in this way. And when we decided, like, hey, let's play a long game in which we hope to have a different kind of church every night of the week that reaches a different kind of community or culture. That wasn't like, that sounds easy. <laughs> no, that was the expansion of Jesus's kingdom here in Jackson. There are other communities, other cultures not being reached. How can we join with Jesus in installing his kingdom, this kingdom he was born for, this kingdom that he already rules over in this kingdom that he will bring in full to the earth at the end. How can we join him in that right now? Well, let's work on some new ideas. When we decided to do empowerment houses (laughs) to create houses for the homeless that they could live in for transitionary times while we empowered them to get back on their feet, we were not thinking, we've got enough money for this. (laughs) Nor were we thinking, we have all the skills for this. I guarantee you, we have neither. (laughs) All we know is Jesus is king, and he told us to care about these things, and we have too many homeless in our church who need this kind of help. I don't know if you heard this, but in the last, like, month, we've raised $12,000 towards that. So that's gone up. So excited for that. That's exactly what I'm saying is, like, that's not something we can do. That's... Not something we totally know how to do, but Jesus does. And if He's King, let's work on it and see what He does. These are not things that necessarily make our life easier. Though I will tell you, I found it to be true uh, that when um, you're doing it with Jesus, that whole thing about you know the yoke is easy and light. That's that's found it its truth. As we've done more, I've actually found freedom to enjoy and move forward and it feels lighter. But at the same time, we don't do all of that because we have all this extra time and resources. We do all that because Jesus is King and because his birth means something more than just, I came so that you could go to heaven. It's not surprising that so much of our faith has lived inside these days in our personal corners of our houses when all we've been taught is like the beginning of the gospel where people got baptized and told jesus you know i'll follow you that's all that matters these other 20 chapters kind of pointless till you get to the end no these are all teachings get jesus inside your mind the things he does the, the things he says all of that let it get so stuck inside of you that you begin to embody it he didn't come just to be born, just to die. He had a lot of other things along the way. In fact, his mission statement was uh, uh, from Isaiah saying, you know, I've, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news, to take care of the sick around me and to set people free. Like that all doesn't sound like just dying on a cross. There's more going on there. And if all we do with the Christmas story is, ah, what a pleasant little scene of, uh, of Mary and Joseph, who are in perfect condition after having a baby in a, in a haystack, <laughs> and baby Jesus, who is glowing and radiating for some reason, and even in some like uh, uh, some other people who tried to write gospels back in the day, they even gave Jesus the ability to speak as a baby, which is the weirdest thing ever. He'd <laughs> be like, "Ah, oh, do not worry, Mother Mary." Like, what? You know, like. This is the way that sometimes we want to remember Christmas. But Christmas is a story about people who ended up in a horrible situation, having a child in a horrible place, then having the threat of political assassination upon them, as well as the abortion of many children around them. And then Jesus has to face the political kingdoms of this world for the next 30 years, as well as casting out the demons that are behind it. And time and time again, you see him going head to head with what's around him to install the kingdom of heaven. And the only reason we're still doing that today, Peter tells us, is because God's just too patient to come back, yet he wants more to be saved. And so if all we're doing is practicing Christmas, I've been saved and I can go home, then we are not holding fast to Peter's hope that more would come to Christ. Jesus is king, to quote Kanye West. Uh, (laughs) Didn't see that one coming. Uh, (laughs) Jesus is king. He is king, which means for him, Caesar is not. Jesus is king, which means any president that you have at any time in America is not. You are first and foremost a citizen of heaven with King Jesus in charge. And if your allegiance goes anywhere else, then you are missing a component of the Christmas story that told us Jesus is king. And his entire life goes on the line with that statement. So as the band comes up, uh, let me just pray for you. God, we, uh, we lift you up as king today. We don't always even understand the implications of that statement because we're used to democracy and voting and all these things. But you don't choose a king. A king is put in charge. And as Isaiah said, you take the throne and the government's on your shoulders. And you will have this kingdom of peace that will go forever. It will never end. So here we are on another Christmas. Not just celebrating that you came. Not just celebrating that you love us enough to, came, uh, to come. To make yourself small. To make yourself a servant. But we celebrate the fact That you would come to install your kingdom, and we celebrate you as the one and only king of our lives. Everything else is second. And when we run into blocks that say, This is the way the world tells you to live, we say, No, Jesus is king, and we follow him first. So we are yours, we are your people. We're not here to do what's easy. We're here to do what you command us to do. And we thank you that this citizenship is one written in blood, that the member card that you give us has your blood written all over it. It's a self-sacrificing kingdom of love. For that, we are grateful. and We pledge our allegiance to you. In Jesus' name, amen.